welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me is my charming co-host, Court Winsett. Good day to you, Kathleen. Oh, the proper names today. Well, we're going to talk about credit scores. I know, I know, but get your jazz hands ready. We're going to make it jazzy. It's going to be fun. There's the opening bell, so now I'm ready. Okay, thanks for always keeping me on top of it. (laughs) So, everyone's defined... By two numbers in their life. Did you know that? Yes, I did. Yeah, so you're defined by your social security number and your FICO credit score. Mm Mm-hmm. So much of all, it's depending around those two numbers, and that's what it says about you. So let's think about credit score in a way of, like, your stats. Like in sports, you've got your stats of the players and the teams and all of that. So sports is something everyone loves or most people love. And, uh, you know, most of you get behind a team and you may be born into getting behind a team or you may have chosen this for other reasons. But it all boils down to if it's a good year or a bad year for a team, it's based on those simple numbers, based on the end result. How did the team perform? How did that player perform? And from that, it turns into are they going to get the number one draft picks? Are the coaches going to have to change out? Are there going to be promotions? It's all based on those stats, those numbers. So it kind of made sense that it's, you know, sports and credit scores go together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, basically we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about scores, credit scores. So uh, where else do you score Uh, in sports? And uh, so we, (laughs) we we're doing um, the top five this week will be the top five sports films. Oh, films. Okay. Sports films. Are you not doing films? Yes, we're doing movies, but I didn't know we were doing films. Oh, yes, we're doing theater. (laughs) So, top five sports movies. Obviously, you know, everyone has their own list. This is my personal list. I'm going to start out with my number one. We are Marshall. We are Marshall. It's about the real story of the 1970 plane crash, and it's just such a great movie of how that whole team rallied together to still try and make the team make the football season happen, Mm -hmm. even though there was so much devastation, but the community needed to rally behind still, you know, taking the memory of those that passed away, but still having that spirit. It just, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about that movie because it is so powerful. And side note, I think everyone can agree, sports movies make you cry more than any other type of movie out there. Yeah, well, I I definitely, I, I would definitely have to say, any guy that says, I don't cry, there are certainly, you know, a, a lot of times people say like, oh, well, have you ever seen this movie? Exactly. it'll make you cry. And I know you and I both have a, a couple of those it'll make you cry movies on our list. Oh, uh, yeah. They're my number two. Yeah. Rudy. Ugh. Just hearing a few measures of that theme song takes everyone to that heart-wrenching, just you're in the moment, you are so emotional, and everybody gets behind Notre Dame because of this movie. It really just is so impactful. I actually had this song played um, during the beginning of my wedding as my bridesmaids were walking down because it was such a powerful story for my husband's grandfather and really wanted to keep that memory because he loved Notre Dame and Rudy was just his number wow. one. I did not. I was I was at Katie's wedding, guys, and I, I didn't notice that. I didn't I didn't pick up on it. I, I, and, I also uh, had Everlong from Foo Fighters, you know, full of surprises. <laughs> <laughs> my number three. Hopefully on everybody's list. Field of Dreams. Um, Kevin Costner. I mean, just an incredible movie. But another reason why it's one of my favorites, I've actually had the opportunity to go to the real Field of Dreams in Iowa Mm -hmm. and play a game there with celebrities, with Ozzie Smith, um, 
Wade Boggs, Johnny Bench, all of them. You, so you should fantastic. make it clear that the, by the real Field of Dreams, you mean the Field of Dreams that was featured in the movie Field of Dreams. Yes, it was, was created for the movie, and they did a celebrity uh, softball game where real people got to go and be on teams with these celebrity baseball players, and it was just a fun thing playing there with the corn right behind you. Mm-hmm. So it has a special place in my heart, for yeah. sure. Cool, cool. Okay, number four. four? There's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> There's no crying in baseball. A league of their own. It's absolutely. One of my favorite lines from a movie ever. <laughs> I know. It's absolutely the best movie. And it is based on the real women's league and just tells a great history story. But also, it, it's a special place in my heart because I did do a little, uh, instead of just having engagement photos, I was a little bougie and had uh, an engagement little video. And it was me and my fiance at the time, us uh, dressing up as different characters and reenacting famous movie scenes. Mm-hmm. One of them was from A League of Their Own. And it was the whole fight with them in the dugout and doing the baseball signs. Mm-hmm. So love that one. Okay, sorry, I'm going too much. Uh, my number five, Mighty Ducks. Mighty Ducks. Not a movie I've seen. What? I'm sorry. I mean, you know, it's again, it's some of these, some of these movies fall into a, a time in my life when... You know, I was way too old and cool to watch movies. Like You're never Mighty too Ducks. cool for Mighty Ducks. No, that's I mean, but like I said, at the time when it, when it came out, I was of an age where I was too cool to watch something like Mighty Ducks. So it's all about a professional hockey player having to come back and really help. The Played street. by Emilio Estevez. Yes, Emilio Estevez. They're coming together with these kids that are just kind of misfits and put together an amazing hockey team, and it just awesome and the whole i think everyone learns about iceland and greenland from the mighty ducks movies except for me because i didn't well, see them you don't know about iceland and greenland then but i do <laughs> i do i know okay court i want to hear your five okay fine okay so my 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 top one well not my top one my lists are never necessarily in order of preference they just they're, they're, they're as they come to me but here here are my top five in no particular order Number one, remember the Titans, Denzel Washington. Yes, great movie. Sunshine. Uh, yeah, about the the integration of of, of football, uh, about the relationship of a particular team. Uh, fantastic film. I, I will say this: the the funniest thing about this movie to me is that the 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 thing that I remember the most is two scenes that they used to play at. Tennessee Titans football games on the big billboard. They always played. Remember the, you know, the the whole speech about remembering the Titans. Mm -hmm. So those are the parts that I remember the most because I went to a bunch of Titans football games a long time ago. (laughs) Um, Number two, Brian's song. Okay. This is my It'll Make You Cry movie on my movie. I haven't seen it. Yeah. It's it's got uh, James Caan, Billy Dee Williams. They play real life Chicago Bears from the 1960s. Um, uh, Brian Piccolo. Hence Brian's song, <laughs> and uh, I, I, the other guy Sayer, Gail Gail Sayers. Actually, speaking of the Bears, let me take a small moment to correct something. I in a previous episode I mentioned something, and I swear to you, I do not recall saying it, but it's it's recorded. It, there is evidence of me <laughs> saying that the Chicago Bulls won the Super Bowl, and I am not an idiot. The Chicago Chicago Bulls are actually one of my favorite basketball teams. They've never won a Super Bowl. The 1985 Bears played and won in the Super Bowl in January of 1986. It was the 
Chicago Bears that won the Super Bowl. Again, I'm not a, 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 an idiot. Mea culpa, mea culpa, multi mea culpa. We forgive you. These two guys, again, during the Civil Rights era were on the Chicago Bears. They became fast friends and it's 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 all about their their relationship. So it was it, it's a fantastic movie, and again, it's a, it's a tearjerker that affects even the guys. Um, okay, number three, uh, Tin Cup, it's Kevin Costner golf movie. Mm-hmm. I want to point out that all of Kevin Costner's best movies tend to be his sports movies. Absolutely, in my humble opinion. So you've got movies like Tin Cup, but you've also got Bull Durham for Love of the Game, stuff like yes. that. Um, Tin Cup happens to be my favorite of those, uh, of the Costner sports movies. Um, I just, I, I don't know why, but it just, I thought it was funny. Okay, number four. Oh, you went there. Rocky. I mean, enough said. Number five. I went with The Natural on number five. Oh, I really liked classic. this movie. Um, I, I liked the uh, I liked the oatmeal guy coaching uh, coaching uh, Robert Redford. You know, so I just overall I thought the whole movie was it's really sort of a honestly, especially for when it came out and the age I was, I'm surprised that I liked it as much as I did because it's kind of a it's a very soft spoken movie. I guess is mm-hmm. one way to put it. It's kind of it's kind of I don't want to call it dull, but it's just kind of very subdued in, in its overall delivery. But I remember uh, my my favorite scene is is the the oatmeal guy tells Robert Redford um, knock the cover off the ball, and Robert Redford goes out the natural he goes out and hits the ball and ball goes out the into the and the cover came off and afterwards the press is asking Robert Redford how did you knock the cover off the ball he said well you told me to knock the cover off, off the ball so I hit it as hard as I could <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why but uh that's that's the scene that I always remember from that movie and I love it uh Katie that's my top five uh so why don't we move into the Meat and potatoes of the episode. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we told you our sports movies because like sports, credit score, it's about, it's your stats. It's your score. And so it, it you are defined by your two numbers, like we told you, the yep. social security number and your FICO credit score. And, um, you know, fun The fa- social security number is kind of like your identifier. That yeah. You're, I mean, you know, you give that, people use that to identify you. Even though it's 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 interesting, it has a very specific purpose. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, the government's number for you for uh, getting Social Security benefits. It's also used as your tax identification number. People use it on their medical records. It's your ultimate Credit ID. Credit people use it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a big thing. And then your credit score, if, if your Social Security number identifies you, then your credit score is sort of... It it's your reputation. You. It, it defines, defines you. you. Yeah, yeah, it's your reputation. Um, so credit scores actually didn't exist until uh, the 1950s. Hmm. And prior to that, then if your banker didn't like you, you weren't getting that loan. They thought you were shady. Oh, no, I'm not giving that to court. So it's just kind of one of those, yes, 1950s seemed like it was a long time ago. But really, when you look at it, it hasn't been around that long. No, that's true. Um, But so generally, a credit score is a part of the decision making on trying to decide how likely someone is to give you a loan. Okay. That's what it boils down to. Think about it like your report card in school. Okay. I mean, uh, I think we all dreaded getting those progress reports and report cards in school, taking home to mom and like our dad, whoever was the bad one, you had to pick <laughs> who, who was going to be the one you could pass it off who to. Who was the bad one in your house? 
Oh, do you even want to say that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I want to go there. But it, it's, your mean, credit, you know, it's your report card. Yeah, absolutely. But really, look at your credit score and think of it in this way. It is the keys to the kingdom. It's your golden ticket. This is what is allowing you to buy these purchases you want in life. To take out loans, to get credit cards, to do everything that we've talked about in all of our previous episodes mm-hmm. building up to this episode. Credit score is the key. Uh, yeah. There's so many times that it can make or break an important transaction. It can be your golden ticket if it's good. Yes. We should, I mean, you know. That's true. If it's not good, then you ain't getting no golden ticket. Yeah. I mean, if you got this great credit score, then, you know, it could let you buy the world. But, uh, yeah, there's the the other side of it. Yeah. So, FICO. Yeah, we uh, did. Let's talk about what that actually means. Okay. I didn't know. Well, what I mean, it meant. first of all, some people may not even know that your credit score, they may have heard the term credit score, but they may not have heard FICO. Yeah. Not and so what it FICO your FICO score is is what people in the industry are say when they're talking about your credit scores, your FICO score. Because 90% of top lenders, they go off of your FICO score to help them figure out about you know, credit-related decisions. So let's break down what exactly FICO is. It's Fair Isaac Corporation. Mm -hmm. And just to give you guys a little bit of history, like we did with the credit cards, I think it's kind of fun to see where we all came from and uh, where these different things that we think is common today, Sure, it has a history. Yeah, Katie thinks it's fun when we talk about history, (laughs) so long as I don't bring up Hamilton. But all of a sudden, I bring up Hamilton, and I'm the bad guy. So 1956... Engineer Bill Fair and a mathematician Earl Isaac founded FICO, Fair Isaac Corporation, on the principle that data used intelligently can improve business decisions. Hmm. I mean, they're, that's pretty awesome. 1956, they're coming up with this. Yeah. Um, and then 58, they actually built the first credit scoring system. That's also the same year, if you remember from our credit card episode, that Bank AmeriCard, which eventually turned into Visa, they came out with their first revolving credit card. How interesting. Coincidence. Yes. yes. They got a home run there with that. <laughs> uh, and then 1970, FICO delivered the first scoring system for a bank credit card. And then 81, they started working with a credit bureau for risk scores. Okay. So that would be the risk of a... The risk of a lender loaning a consumer money for a purchase. That's because, the risk we're talking about okay. right here. Because we also, in our industry, we frequently talk to people about their risk and their risk How much risk they're willing, yeah. And what much, their risk score is. But their your risk tolerance score that we would talk to you about is very different than the risk score of a, of a credit rating. Yeah, we're, it's simple enough. It's I'm trying to decide how much risk do I want to take of actually loaning court this money? Mm-hmm. Like, do I want to take on this risk? So that's where in 81, they worked with the Bureau to really help with the risk score. And then from um, there in 91, actually started working with major credit reporting agencies that I'm sure a lot of you guys are aware of, the Equifax, TransUnion, Experian. Mm-hmm. And then 01 was actually when the website launched themyfico.com. Oh, And it was the first online credit score delivery service, giving them full access. Does it charge? Uh, So we're going to get into how much it costs to find your credit score in just a few. Yeah. You're jumping ahead, buddy. I was just wondering. (laughs) I I didn't even know FICO had a website. Yes. I I know about Karma or my credit credit Karma. Credit Karma. Yeah. And there's so many out there now, but it really all originated with FICO. Okay. And that's still today. Like I said, 90% are still using this. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you know a little bit about FICO. What is credit score used for? 
I don't know. What 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 is credit score used for, Katie? Uh, so, your lenders are going to use that to try and figure out the risk that they want to take. Well, so, it's based, okay. So, bottom line, it people use credit score to either determine if they're going to give you a loan or determine if they're going to give you a credit card. Those are the two I would assume most common uses for a credit score. Lots of people will check your credit, though. Lots mm-hmm. of people check your credit score, employers and so forth. But um, but the the main two things that it's used for, I would assume, are either can you get a loan or can you get a credit card? Yeah, but the thing is there's also mobile phone companies, insurance, landlords, governments. And yeah, a lot of people don't think that some employers can actually check your credit score. Oh, listen, and- in our industry, every single one of us that, that works in our industry that that, that is a, a registered representative or a or an investment advisor, we all have to have our credit checked before oh, yeah. we can be approved. So yeah, we our employers definitely check us. Well, so something I thought was really interesting is you hear a lot of people go, oh, my credit score is, score is this. Well, there's actually a different number that is generated depending on what you're trying to get. Mm-hmm. So when, you know, if you're trying to buy a credit card, it may do the algorithms and the patterns and stuff and figure out this is your number. And then if you're then going and trying to get a car, that number could be slightly different because it's all based on what that lender is asking for and how they're going to compute the number. So your credit score is not a fixed number across the it's line no matter what. It yeah. changes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes. Huh. There's currently 29 different versions of the FICO score used in the United States. 29. 29? Yes. So it's, you know, if you're getting a loan, if you're buying insurance, if you're in employment, obtaining utilities, getting a rental, that your credit score plays yeah. a crucial part. If you want to try and get your first apartment without your parents on the lease, you're, you're going to get your credit checked. Well, and so we started this with talking about how in 1950 there wasn't credit scores around and that the banker, if he didn't like you, he could be like, haha, I'm not giving you a loan. Credit score makes it now you cannot be discriminated based on your age, your race, your characteristics. It is just, this is the number. Yeah. That is what it's judged off mm-hmm. of. Now, there are opportunities that you can do personal appeals, but that's something much deeper into if you have bad credit or no credit. So we're not going to get on that rabbit hole just yet. Yeah. So commercials you see on TV are almost always about credit score and you know, preventing you from from getting what you want and so forth. And it's basically people are thinking about it like it's a barrier to stuff, but it's actually in place to to help lenders have a uh, you know we we talk a lot about how there are so many gray areas but this this gives lenders a very black and white way Absolutely. to analyze people um so it it it, it, it it's eliminating barriers, barriers instead of creating barriers uh, un, unless your credit score stinks obviously but I mean, you know <laughs> We're here to try and help you fix that if you are in that department. Absolutely. So what makes up a credit score? And what I hope you get out of this episode is there's a lot of, we want to debunk some stuff because there's a lot that I personally even believed as well. But let's talk about what makes up the actual credit score, that number you get. And it's, you know, again, credit is something you build over time and you're borrowing money and paying it back. But there's something called a credit report in addition to the score. Sure. So this is kind of like the master document behind it all. So this document's got everything listed. It's got your history for the past seven years. If you were late on a payment 
to, uh, to, to for, for some debt that you owe, it was reported. If you were late on rent, it was reported. If you have a credit card with a $10,000 balance and it's charged up to the, or $10,000 limit and it's charged up to the limit, mm-hmm. then they're going to know that. All of that information is on your credit report. It all appears there for anybody to see. Yeah, and I was kind of shocked. What's also on there is um, any unused lines of credit. Mm-hmm. So if you've got that credit out there and you haven't, just because you haven't actually used it, it still shows up on this. Yeah. And is a part of coming up with your ultimate score. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then public records are also on there. So you can't hide if you've had a foreclosure or bankruptcy. It's going to be on your credit report. And saw something kind of funny. It's like, okay, so uh, it takes seven years to digest gum that you swallow. Supposedly. Wives. Supposedly. <laughs> it's old wives' tale. But... <laughs> It's funny, though. So next time you decide, go ahead and swallow the gum. Don't do bankruptcy because bankruptcy also stays on your files for seven years. Yes. Yes, it does. (laughs) So choose to swallow the gum, not go into bankruptcy, okay? (laughs) Life lessons, everybody. (laughs) Katie's pointers. (laughs) So the report, it serves as the raw data for this credit score. It's really what's all behind it. And that's why it's important to make sure it's all correct. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, lenders are going to take these specific things that are on your list and they're going to make sure that it plays into what you're wanting to borrow. Credit score is three numbers. Yeah. Well, three digits. Three digits. Yes. (laughs) One number, three digits. Yes. Sorry. (laughs) Three digits. And it boils down to an interpretation of different numeral formats, like, you know, some crazy computer algorithm. Yeah. I'm sure there used to be people that actually calculated this stuff back in the fifties, but now it's all computers that that are looking for, they're looking for missed payments. They're looking for high, uh, high balances. They're looking for uh, over overdrafts on your checking account. They're looking for all of these things and they're going to take all of that and calculate your score. So the thing is, we're not here, and we're, we're not experts on the actual algorithm. We're not here to tell you exactly what the calculation is. So if you're looking for the math of the whole process, you'll have to go to, to, to somebody else. But what I can tell you is they have all of the information of all of the, the, the financial things that you have done, basically. Yeah, it's your blueprint of what and, you've done. And they have a program or an algorithm, something that, that, can, that can mine through all of this data and come up with your score. So there's actually, uh, you, you know, you don't play a baseball game or a basketball game without understanding the point system and how you get points and how it's all calculated. So with credit score, there's actually a five-part system of kind of the percentages of how your score is broken down. It started off payment history. Yeah. Payment history is 35% of the score. Okay. So that's your, if, if you're late on those payments. On time payments. On time payments. Basically, did you make the payment? Did you make the full payment? Did you make the full payment on time? Yep. Those are the, those, the, that's your payment history. Yep. Payment history, 35%. Okay. Okay. Amounts owed is Amounts. 30%. So that would be your, uh, that would be all of your debt. Mm-hmm. We did the very last episode, we gave you a broad overview of your your debt, just the, 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 the debt picture. How much do you owe? How much do you owe on that house? How much do you owe on that car? How much do you owe on your credit cards? Yep. And how much do you have, you know, that you, you, you're going to have, that you already have to pay somebody? Yeah. Know? So that, that right there is 65% just paying on time and how much you have outstanding debt. Mm-hmm. That's 65% of your score. Okay. 
length of credit history is 15%. So that's where you you have actual credit built up. And so I always say it's kind of a good practice is those younger kids, parents can put a kid as an authorized user. You may not actually give the kid the card, but it kind of helps start getting them to have a credit history. So just being an authorized user on someone else's card starts their history? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. As long as your parents are... It starts a good history. It starts your history, good starts or bad. starts a history is what I was wondering. <laughs> yes. Whether okay. or not it's good, that's uh, that's a completely different. So part. yeah, length of credit history, 15%. Okay. Types of credit used is only 10%. So that's types, meaning is it a credit card? Is it a personal loan? What are the different kinds of credits that you're actually using? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the last 10% would actually be new credit. What does that even mean? So it's if you see that great Disney card and you see all the perks of it and you're like, oh yeah, I want to get that. That is now, if so I just got a new Disney card. So that's now listed on mine as new credit because I've just gotten that added to my history. Pretty much every time you walk into a store, they the 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 person behind the 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 checkout counter nowadays says, do you would you like to open a blankety blank credit yep, card? A credit card for today? this store. Yeah. Yep. So and that's opening new credit. So okay. So All that's right. the 10% there. So that that equals up nicely to the 100%, but remember it's that 65% of it is the payment history and amount owed. Yeah. So that's big. So that's that's huge. Oh yeah. So how do you check your credit score? We kind of talked about that a little bit and how important it is, but it is those three major companies, yep. Equifax, TransUnion, Experian, mm-hmm. which Sorry, I got to do a little fun fact. TransUnion's a little bit like American Express. It didn't always start out in this business. They actually were in the railway business for a while. Interesting. And then switched over and... TransUnion? Like as in across the union of the states? Oh, you're so smart. Wow. Yep. But in 69, they acquired a credit bureau of Cook County and the rest was history. Wow, that's cool. That's cool. Interesting. But it was also uh, our producer, Cameron, actually reminded us you know, you have these companies, but nowadays the majority of online credit cards, like the websites, actually are linked with some kind of credit reporting agency, and okay. a lot of times have your kind of credit information right there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you can go if you have an app. There, there's an app for that. This is, <laughs> I mean, you know, there's an app for everything. There's an app for that. You're if you have a a Chase card or a Capital One card or a, a you know, Citibank card or whatever, they they have an app. And a lot of times their app will have a link in the app to what your credit score is through one of these one of these agencies. Yeah. And those credit cards also want to be very much aware of your credit score because, um, you know, they look at it and see if you're being a, a good Samaritan, you're paying your bills off, you might get that notification of, oh, your credit limit's being raised. Because they see dollar signs and go, ooh, you're someone who spends money. Let's gift them with some more credit. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, okay, I don't want to paint the credit card industry in a a bad light. um, No, they're wonderful. they're, they're, They're wonderful people. They are wonderful people. Halos. They all have halos above their heads. Angels in the outfield. Yes. Best. Why didn't we say that one? So good. But, uh... You know, they they're in they are for profit companies in the business of making money. And how do they make money? They make money by charging you interest. Mm-hmm. And they are going to if they feel that they're going to assess the risk of loaning you money mm-hmm. 
And if they feel like the risk of loaning you money is acceptable, then they will loan you that money. And then they're they're not hoping that you pay it off on a monthly basis. They're yep. hoping that you carry that balance over and that they get to charge you some interest. Absolutely. So about checking your actual score and figuring okay. out about that. So you every American is entitled to one free credit report every 12 months from each of the three credit bureaus. Okay, so it's good to point out that you got three agencies. You can get one report from each of those three agencies once a year. So between the three age or among the three agencies, you can get three reports a year. And if you space it out, you can basically get a free credit report uh, every four months. So you would have that a, a free credit report every four months, uh, every single year. Um, but it's also important to point out that I said, we, we, we said a free credit report. The one thing that they do not give you for free is the credit score. The credit score is not included in the free part. You actually have to pay a, basically like an upcharge to, to get the actual credit score. But, you know, still, the, the report is important. You need to monitor that. Yes, yeah, so you would have to pay a little fee to get this score, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go ahead and debunk something now. You will not affect your credit score if you personally are checking your credit score at any point. A lot of people think that, that it'll affect your score, but it really if you are the one checking your own, mm-hmm. it doesn't change anything. It's called a soft inquire. And so hard inquires are what actually show up on your report. That's when like you're going to the car dealership, you're putting in an application for a credit card. That's considered hard. And soft is where you are just checking up on your own stuff. And you're allowed to do that as much as you want. Well, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, it's my stuff. I can check it if I want to. Well, and it's I your- shouldn't be penalized for checking my stuff. It's your responsibility to check on your report and make sure that it's right. Because I think like one in five Americans have something wrong. There's some flaw on their credit report. And it's your responsibility to check and make sure it's right. It's Listen, no one else. Nobody else is going to fix your credit report. If there is something that is improperly reported, uh, incorrectly reported on your report, if you don't fix it, nobody will. There's not. There's not some agency out there that is like the the agency for fair reporting on credit reports that goes around finding people's, you know mistakes in information and and fixing it for them. You've got to monitor your report. You've got to make sure that it's correct. And if it's not, you have to fix it. You have to report it. And there's the Fair Credit Reporting Act. And you've got options to to get them to investigate it and make sure they're taking care of it. But again, yeah, it's your responsibility. So if you're looking at your score and you're trying to figure out, well, what's good, what's bad, here's just a little rundown of the ranges from 300 to 850. The ranges of, of the, uh, the three-digit score, score can, can go anywhere from 850 down to 300. Mm-hmm. Okay. So 800 to 850 is considered exceptional. Mm. 21% of Americans actually have this. So at this point, it's you know the top of the list, the best interest rates. Everyone loves to give loans and everything to these people. Popular. Yes, they're popular. <laughs> uh, step down a little bit is 740 to 799. These are very good, very good people. Very good. Uh, it, this is 25% of Americans. Very so good. This is the largest chunk of Americans are in this very good range, and they get average rates, average interest rates. Okay. So then stepping down a little bit, 670 to 739 is good. 21% of Americans, so still big chunk right there. Um, the thing is, 
about 8% of applicants in this range are in trouble of, or are likely to potentially go the other way. Instead of going up, they're going down. Okay. So that's kind of the like. So they may be, they, they, they may have, they may have had a, a good credit score, but they're on the downslide. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of like the yellow light. Like that's a little bit of the warning zone. They've been caught in motion. Yes. <laughs> that's, the, yeah, that's the warning spot. So after uh, that, you've got 669 to 580, which is fair. You get subprime borrowing. Um, this is again, 21% of Americans. Subprime borrowing? That, that's gotta be a jargon violation. <laughs> You caught me. And actually, I even misspoke, so I'm really glad you called me out. It's subprime borrowers. Okay. And really what that, that's a pretty fancy way of saying that these people are kind of at risk. And when lenders are looking at them, they're in that risk category. And they're going to end up having to pay a higher interest rate. So that's really a nice way of saying, eh, you're this kind of people that we got to worry about a little bit. And the last kind of category is 579 to 300, which is a huge range. You're yeah. considered in the very poor section. Um, 16% of Americans are in this category. So with it, what what it means, it doesn't mean it's hopeless. doesn't mean you won't get a loan. It just means you may have to pay a fee or a deposit and, you know, may not be approved for some credit at all. But that doesn't necessarily mean you won't get a loan. Let me, let me say at this point that... that- None of these, none of these scores are are a, a are a scarlet letter. No, none of these scores are like uh, you know brand you as a as a uh, any kind of horrible offender or bad actor or anything like that. This is just this means that there have been some mistakes or you've missed you've missed some things over the course of your financial life, and the score reflects that. The score is just an algorithm. It's a calculation. It's not judging your character. All it's doing is reflecting what, what you know, the mathematical probability of you basically... For the seven years. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's also something that can be fixed. Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to do a whole episode about overcoming bad credit and really helping out with that, but... We said it again. It's you've got to make sure you take responsibility for making sure there isn't an error on your report, mm-hmm. that you're looking at it and checking your credit report and seeing, is your personal information right? Are the inquiry sections correct? Is someone taking your name and tried to get a credit card and you didn't authorize that? Is your credit account right? Is there something on there that shouldn't be? And are your public records correct? Because as we said before, one in five Americans have something wrong with their credit report. And so it's your responsibility to dispute this and make sure it's correct. So you have the ability to request a copy of your credit report. And once a year for free, you can get a copy of your credit report and look it over and make sure that the information reflected on that report is accurate and correct. And if it is not, it is your responsibility to fix it. I know we've said mm-hmm. it before, but it's worth repeating. Yeah, so check it once a year, but also consider checking it out before making major purchases, such as cars or homes. Because remember, it's a soft inquire. It doesn't affect you, but it's a good idea for you to go ahead and have an idea of what it is before you walk into that dealership or, you know, apply for a loan or something like that. You've got an idea. It's also worth pointing out that in this day and age, it's getting easier and easier. I mean, Mm -hmm. imagine what it used to be like to try and get your credit score or your credit report or your credit anything. You know, you were calling somebody, you're probably getting transferred around, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Now you've got an app for that. 
There's an app for everything. It's amazing. There really is. There are also websites. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, absolutely. Oh, Lordy Lou, dad joke. Dad Lordy joke, Lou, everybody. You're you're giving me a hard time for saying absolutely, <laughs> and then you follow that up with Lordy Lou, and I'm the one that's catching <laughs> garbage. <laughs> you're turning me into old lady over here. Okay. Okay, let's get into some debunking and debunk some stuff for me, Kate. Yes. Okay. So a lot of times people think canceling old credit cards is a great idea and it won't affect anything. But if you have a high limit on that credit card and you close it out, it drastically can affect your score yeah, negatively. If you've, got, if you've got open credit, if you've got credit that you haven't got anything charged on, then what they're looking at is, okay, they have an available credit line and they've got this much space on the credit line, and that's reflected on your credit report. They've got this much, quote-unquote, open credit. You know, you've got a $17,000 charge card at uh, Circuit City, just to, uh, I think... I don't even think those are still around. Yeah, I think they're gone. (laughs) But, you know, $17,000 open credit limit on Best Buy. Are they still around? Yeah, they're still around. Uh, you know, if you haven't charged anything on that, then that's just open credit. That's just money that somebody is willing to loan you, and uh, they like that. Yep. So, when you say I do and find that lovely partner, you still have separate credit scores. You do not merge your credit scores. And don't, don't go, okay, let's average this out. That does not happen. And actually... The difference between your credit score and your spouse's credit score, there is a direct correlation to divorce. (laughs) That if there's a big old gap, then it's more likely for you to get divorced. But don't worry, because if you do end up getting divorced and figuring this out, that, oh, your credit score is a real big gap, there actually is a dating website. It's called creditscoredating.com. I love it. (laughs) I thought Fantastic. it was just farmers only, but now we've got creditscoredating.com. Farmers only. There's the the fish website. Something about some fish. I don't know. There, there's plenty of fish. I don't. Plenty of fish. Is that? Yeah. That's like now a scandalous one. I think. Score. It's it's uh yeah. There's all sorts of things. I I support credit score dating. I think that's cool. Yep. And um, I know you Harvard grads think you know. Yes, you've been to school. Yes, you've been to an elite school and you've got great degrees. But having a higher education has nothing to do with your score. Hmm. Nothing. And how much money you make has nothing to do with your score. Those are not correlated at all. Income. Say that again. Income does not affect your credit score. How much money you make and your education has nothing to do with your credit score. It can affect your borrowing ability. Yes. I mean, you know, because again, the income remember to- back in the previous episode, we talked about uh, your debt to income ratio. Yes. So if you have debt compared to whatever your income is, it can affect your borrowing ability, but but it doesn't affect your credit score. Doesn't affect that number. Okay. No. All right. So if you uh, decide to max out your credit cards and you don't have that nice little safety net to actually pay it off before it's due, uh, you actually can affect your credit score negatively by 45 points. By maxing out your credit cards. And the last one is uh, a lot of times I know when you use a debit card, sometimes they'll say, are you running it as credit or debit? And so then you might think that, oh, okay, I'm running it as credit. This now should count towards my credit score. Nope. Sorry. It does not because that is linked with your bank. So that has nothing to do with your credit score. Interesting. Yeah. No, I think, I think the, uh, I think the whole credit thing has more to do with uh, credit versus debit thing has more to do with a lot of banks charge fees on 
just just so you know, the more you know, uh, banks charge fees on using a debit card. They don't charge fees on using a credit card. So if you have a a card that you can use as a, a debit card, a check, a, a, a you know, a, a, an ATM card, whatever that you can use as a credit card, you're not going to get charged a fee on that. Whereas if historically, if you used it as a debit card, you could have gotten charged a fee on that. So that, I think I think that's the main reason that you're offered that choice. It has nothing to do with your credit score. It has nothing to do with actual you know benefit to you in terms of your credit score. For what it's worth, the more you know. Yeah, I feel like we're just getting a little fun facts in here, just trying to educate everybody. But we have put a lot of information out there about credit scores and that there's so much more now that you know behind those three little digits right there. Those three little numerals. Yeah. Are you ready to uh, bullseye it up? Ladies and gentlemen, let us summarize. Summarize. Give me a summary, Katie. Okay, pulling it full circle. You think about it, you want that player on your sports team that has good stats. So try and think of it that way. These are your stats. This is really a number that is with you for your life that you want to make sure is good. You want to make sure your credit report is correct. So it's on you to check on this. Make sure the information is good. But it's also know that this is a part of you, but don't let it get you down the number. You can build up from it. Like Rudy, the you know, there's so many sports movies that there's the underdog and he rises above. So you can take control of your credit score and make sure it's what you want it to be to make an impact in your life. Boom. Mic drop. Katie's <laughs> bullseye. What you got? Katie, I mean, I don't know why bullseye has to be a competition. Maybe it's because we're talking about sports in this episode. But, you know, you're 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 over there fronting on me like <laughs> you're like, well, so what's up, court? <laughs> what are you going to lay down? Well, let me tell you what, Katie. Here comes court's bullseye. The most important asset that you have is your credit score. That is the root of your life. All financial things grow from it. Bullseye. Ladies and gentlemen, there's the closing bell. (laughs) You have made it through yet another episode of Bullcast Podcast. Um, If you liked what you hear, I guess I should have said, um, uh, if you like what you heard, then if you haven't subscribed, then please go to your favorite subscription service and subscribe to our podcast Um, if you'd like to find out more about me or katie you can always go to our website bullcastpodcast.com you can also comment there or you can send us a a suggestion for a topic if there's something you'd like to hear us talk about Um, we're also available to talk to on twitter our handle is at bullcast podcast And if you'd like to see some truly horrendous pictures of me, you can follow us on Instagram. That handle is also at Bullcast Podcast. And finally, Katie and I frequently mention the fact that we work at a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. If you'd like to find out more about us, there's more information on that website about us. And also there's more information about our fantastic team, our amazing boss, David Pickler, and the company itself. That is picklerwealthadvisors.com. That's advisors with an O. Listen, let me tell you people, everybody gets one chance to do something great. Most people never take the chance. Oh, you're killing me, Smalls. We're out. We're out.